Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. <laughs> I'm Melissa Edgington. That was really fast. Well, I just wanted to get it out there. I think that's the first time you've ever introduced the podcast without messing, messing it up. up and having to start over again. Yeah. So here we are again, uh, two days after Easter. He is alive. <laughs> the stone has been rolled away. He is alive. The angel proclaims it. <laughs> We're quoting an Easter drama. It's kind of a, I don't know, it's a funny story. So I'd never really seen anything like that. I went with my buddy, Scott Jeffries, shout out, uh, to Easter, maybe our freshman or, or I don't know what year it was actually. I guess our freshman or sophomore year, went home with him for Easter to go to First Baptist Church in Abilene. And the way they started off the service was having like a, a mom and a dad and two kids were doing the, he is alive. And they had their eyes really big. And, he is alive. And they would all say it together. Like, we'll say it together. Ready? He, he is, is alive. alive. The stone has been rolled away. He, he is, is alive. alive. <laughs> and, they did, and then they would, each one of them would, after they said he is alive, they would shout something out. Uh, and uh, I remember thinking, you know, just how... Um, how that was like the best family like how could they have found a family that could do that so well with the the mom and the dad were both very good looking people the kids the the girl that she was a you know older teenage girl was beautiful and the handsome football player looking son and then when it was done I was like that family was amazing and he's like that wasn't a family that was just people <laughs> they put together the A-team family. Yeah, they did. The dream team. Yeah, they did. So I thought that was funny. So that was uh, that was definitely a, a funny memory. So then for for then maybe now it's been, what, like 22 years? So it's like, yeah, it's been 22, 23 years. Uh, usually at least once a year I'll look at my buddy Scott and say, he is alive. <laughs> <laughs> the stone has been rolled away. He is alive. The angel proclaims it. He is alive. Tell his disciples. <laughs> so anyway, we should we should get the script for that and find some good-looking people in our church to do it next year. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, Easter debriefing. How, how did you feel it went? Um, maybe you could explain the text message you sent me as choir practice was beginning. Well, you know how I talked last week about how, you know, the kids' clothes and everything. It's really important to me on Easter. I mean, I put a lot of thought into it. And so anyway, on Easter morning, I got up at 6.15 in the morning. For real, y'all. Okay. I was supposed to be at ensemble practice at 8.30. So I got up at 6.15 because I thought, I'm just going to get myself getting ready just out of the way. Because truth be told... Mothers hardly even look at themselves in the mirror on Easter. I'm just saying. It's just like, get that done so you can focus on the real show here, which is, dun-da-da-da, the children. Mm-hmm. And so I um, got ready really quick, and then I started working on the kids and working on the kids and working on the kids. And then I looked down, and it was time for me to be at church. Well, we had a few issues, you know. For one thing, I fixed a really elaborate hairstyle for Adelaide. Mm-hmm. That took me a little while. That was awesome. Sawyer had a mal- wardrobe malfunction with his dress shirt that I had to repair. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. And then the camera wouldn't work right and, you know, one thing after another. But anyway, I was there before 9. Okay, yeah. I think you said it was 8.30 and you said, I won't be there before 9. Right. So and, you did make it. And your um, super encouraging text that you sent back said, well, do the best you can, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, guys, y'all. here's Come something on. you need to know about pastor's wives. They do everything by themselves on Sunday, getting all the children if ready. If their husband's a good pastor, they do it all by themselves on Sunday morning. So I'm just saying, you know, so yeah. I was about 20 minutes later than my projected time of arrival. Yeah. Not bad. I like to get there. I've I've slept in for a few weeks. I've slept later, but... Uh, we've got a man in our church who's just awesome and faithful. He comes in and locks the doors, gets the sound system ready, and gets ready to teach Sunday school. And 
you know, I, I try to beat him there at least, and he's beat me there a couple of weeks, you know, but I like to be the first one there and the last one to leave. That's my badge of honor. That's what Brother Chad does. <laughs> <laughs> You're referring to yourself in the third person now? You know, Brother Chad thinks you need to get there when it's dark. <laughs> when it's dark. <laughs> I do get there when it's dark, when the time has not changed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Jim Haggard, a fellow from Eastland, telling me when he was at a church, I want to say it was in Phoenix, but I can't remember, it was some, another state, uh, back whenever in the 50s or 60s when he was on staff at a church, might have been the pastor, uh, said they would, a group of them would show up there at five in the morning and they would pray over every single chair in the church. Wow, that's, that's awesome. That's dedication, yeah. So we try to get our deacons there a little early to pray, and we have some faithful deacons that come and pray on Sunday morning. Is it the deacons that go around and write all the stuff on the whiteboards? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I love that. Yeah, they'll write little encouraging things. And so. they, they, they'll, you'll go into your Sunday school class, and it'll say on the whiteboard, Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, you are, are welcome, welcome here. here. Or he something else. <laughs> on, on Sunday, it was something else Easter-related, but uh, I can't remember. Yeah. But I love them. Yeah. So that was good. And then the service, you know, just a, uh, since I know people click on the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast because they want to know how, how was church on Sunday. In Olney, Texas. In Olney, Texas. Um, I think it was great, didn't you? It was phenomenal. It was really fun. It was so good. So what I did was I, I just taught Sunday school like normal, where I'd go right up until we really got to go because I think they're not going to start without me. And it's true, they won't. Um, they, you know, they, can, they can't I do the music too so I have to start the music but uh, I guess they could do the announcements they could and then it would just be a pause until we got there yeah but we you know if we're doing serious business with the Lord in Sunday school we're not going to cut that short to go to church so we went up until time and finally people were like you have four minutes until the service starts it's Easter dude so we wrapped it up and we went we went down to the sanctuary we were probably about 25 30 in our class and we went down, and there was no seats. Yeah, it was. It was. It was to me. It was humorous <laughs> to see the people coming in and the looks on their faces, like, "What in the world? There's yeah. nowhere to sit." So then we got all the chairs out of the choir loft, got the chairs from the choir room, and they were putting those out. And and the ones in the back all got filled up. There were a few in the front. I think no one sat in. And then they brought in a couch. That made me laugh. That was that, the greatest hey, thing. Hey, I got a question. Did you see it actually happen? No, I didn't see them bring it in. I saw it happening, and it made me LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost R-O-T-F, LOL. What is that? What, Rolling, rolling on, on the floor, floor laughing, laughing out, out loud. loud. Almost. <laughs> I stayed upright. When we were singing, <laughs> when we were singing holy, holy, holy. I think we were singing holy, holy, holy. And I'm looking, you know, back there at the confidence screen for the words. And then I see Chuck and somebody else bringing in the couch from the foyer. And <laughs> it cracked me up. I was like, this is this is hilarious. That's the, that's the cushiest seat anyone ever had in church. Yeah. yeah, we need to leave it in there and auction it off is what somebody told me. So if you, if you give enough, you can sit on the couch. <laughs> you can sit at the very back <laughs> on, on the, the couch. couch in church. That's so funny. But it was good. We don't. We didn't get an accurate count on how many were there. Um, the official count was two ninety nine, but that wasn't counting the back row and the couch. I don't think. So mm. I think we probably were closer to three twenty, which was which is a huge crowd for us. Maybe even a hundred more people than we normally have. So and we had a lot of people that were out. You know, there were, were East, Easter is yeah. It's a strange thing. There's a lot of um, visiting going on during Easter. Uh, people coming to church with their families and just it was just incredible the the ensemble saying well and the uh, um, sermon I felt went went well I said what I wanted to say and can we just talk about Sawyer's suit and then the kids looked amazing the haircut on Adelaide uh, or the hairstyle on Adelaide was great Sawyer looked his suit he looked like uh, I don't even know how you would describe it James Bond or something <laughs> yeah, he looked like a, he looked great Oh, it was so cute. It was good. And Emerald was, of course, a cutie. Maybe you can put pictures up of that somewhere. Yeah. So, um, so an excellent, excellent Easter service at First Baptist Olney, 
And then somebody said, well, what are you, you know, what are you, what are you doing now? What, what's, what's next? And I said, I don't know. I haven't thought past today. I love days like that. You ever have days like that where you haven't, you haven't thought past the, maybe you're a student and you haven't thought past the end of the semester Yeah. and then it's over and you're like, Ooh, what am I going to do? I've not even thought about it. So that was kind of how Easter was for me. Yeah. It was one of those cool moments. And then I was reminded the next day by our ag teacher that I had volunteered several weeks ago (laughs) to go judge future farmers of America speaking contest. Yeah. Which, why? <laughs> Would, I'm flattered that they asked me. But they could not find a less future farmer of America anything oriented guy than me. Yeah. But um, it was a speaking event. You're an attorney and a pastor, so. It was an extemporaneous speaking event. Yeah. I was like, well, I do know something about that. Even though I don't know nothing about no hydroponic farming. <laughs> Except what I saw at Disney what's, World what's that one time. Oh, is that the... It's like where the fish are in the tank and they're growing plants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember that? I remember that. Vertical farming, hydroponic farming. They talked about that. And then our, the kid from Alney, so there's a kid named Carson Little. And he came in and dazzled. He, he, he blew dazzled? them out of the... I mean, he was the best by far. And they were all good. But Carson came in and just, he, he, he took the competition. In all fairness, there were other Olney kids there, but they weren't in your group. They were, well, they weren't in my... Uh, so, he, so you're not saying that... The other Olney kids weren't any good. There was, he was the only Olney representative in extemporaneous speaking. Okay, yeah. But he came in, you know, and, and the others had done a good job, but they were, um, you know, it's all in how you're coached. And, and some had been coached to be a little more formal. Yeah. Extemporaneous speaking, my definition of, what is your definition of extemporaneous speaking? I don't have a definition of extemporaneous speaking. There is no definition in my brain. That's very extemporaneous. So what would you say it is? (laughs) (laughs) Extemporaneously, how would you say extemporaneous speaking Does that mean it's just you, um, you're just coming up with it as you're saying it? Yeah, you choose the words in the moment. Yeah. You have the ideas before, but the actual words you're going to say are chosen in the moment. Yeah, I've gone through a, uh, a a shift in my preaching where I've gone from manuscripting and having the words chosen beforehand to now when I preach, it's it took about six months to really transition over and figure out how to do it, and I'm still trying to learn, figure this out. But you you've got to trust your mind to come up with the words and the sentences in the moment, mm. and not say um um um. It, that seems kind of terrifying yeah it's hard yeah but the way you do it is in your normal speech you try not to say um 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 you try to speak formally all the time and then it makes it easier when you preach yeah so i really try um not to end my sentences with prepositions normally um oh look i just did it yeah did you hear that yeah well i didn't hear it because i'm used to it because i say that all the time i don't know if you say it all the time but i mean people do I noticed um, lack. Oh, you did oh it I did it again. Yeah, see? Okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Melissa, trust your mind. I'm trusting my Don't mind. waste words. I'm one with the force. <laughs> okay. Last week, I listened to our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I made a huge blunder. The likes of which I have made fun of people for so many times. What did you say? I said... <laughs> You're going to laugh so hard. Y'all. I said that we were literally shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. We were were literally literally shocked. I I said we are literally shocked every time we see that people listen to this podcast. Yeah, every time we see another hit on the stats, we hook ourselves up (laughs) to electrical wires and just let each other have it. Because for years I have said, <laughs> "Don't my say literally." Heart, my heart was literally burning within my chest because I heard a pastor say that, and I've made fun of him for like yeah, fifteen yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, that's what happens when you make fun of people. Yeah. Well, what happens when you make fun of pastors for years and years and years is you become one, and you know every every Sunday afternoon after church you're being skewered, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> 
They're raking you over the coals for all the stupid things you said Sunday. I just was picturing Betty Edgington listening to that and hearing me say we We were literally literally shocked. You weren't literally shocked. Yeah. You were figuratively shocked. Sorry, Mrs. Edgington. Mrs. E. Oh, that's good. What were we talking about? How did we get on? Oh, the speaking competition. So we were, we, I went to this, and you know what I love about F? I'm going to see if you can, I'm going to pick your brain, Mel. <laughs> I don't ever call you that. You have friends that call you Mel. Yeah. I don't call you Mel. I've, I never have done that. I don't call you Babe. You, you used to call me Mel. I don't call you Babe. For a short period of I time. I did Mel. You mean to start calling you that again? Um. What would you oh, want? Oh, did you hear that? I said, yeah. um. What do you want me to call you? Don't point it out when you say it. I, I can't stop That's worse than now. saying, um. I can't stop. You can. Just just don't say it. Okay. <laughs> I say it now and then. I mean, it's okay to say it every now and then. Yeah. So what would you have me to call you? Dear? Hot stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. You know, honey. We don't really. We, we don't, don't have pet names. We don't. No. We just use our God-given names. Yeah, except occasionally I'll call you Chappie, and, <laughs> and you call me Malizard. Malizard, yeah. Those yeah. are such endearing names. Yeah. So in the Sunday school lesson, we talked about, uh, well, I guess I didn't mention it Sunday, but I did the first time I taught it, the Wednesday night before, that the writer of the lesson said he was with some Christians in Egypt, and when they got saved at their baptism... They received new names. They took biblical names. Hmm. So they got to choose their Bible name. Hmm. So if you were going to choose a Bible name for yourself, because our parents did not give us biblical names, and we didn't give our kids biblical names either. Uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's no rule that says you have to give kids a Bible name. But if you had to choose a Bible name for yourself, what would you choose? I have no idea. It's an interesting question, isn't it? Would you choose something off the wall or would you go with like, you know, Dorcas? That is off the wall. <laughs> I, would I think Dorcas is a pretty name. I think truthfully. I would choose a name based on the character of the person. Well, I'd hope that's what you would do. Like Hannah. That's what you would go with, Hannah? I like Hannah. Yeah. Abigail is on my oh, mind because Abigail. she's in a book that I'm reading right now. The actual Abigail, David's wife, mm-hmm. that was married to the idiot, mm-hmm. Na- Nabal. 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 The fool. His name literally means fool. <laughs> what would you choose? I don't know. I would hope. Wait, I know. Nebuchadnezzar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would want to be Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to be Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to be Zaphnaphanea. <laughs> like, you idiot. You chose an Egyptian name not for a Bible name. You chose the other. You chose the pagan name. <laughs> <laughs> I'd want to be Shadrach. <laughs> no. So you, this, you this, see what I did there? Yeah. I was using, that's another that's like a Babylonian name. Right. You're you're just so clever. What were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's real names? Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Is that right? I have no idea. You know that story. <laughs> I know the story. Yeah. I just don't happen to know their other names. You know, and being Baptist, if there's any Roman Catholics out there listening, um, we don't have, we don't have church. We don't celebrate church history maybe the way some Catholics do. But I learned uh, once that there were names for the wise men. Do you remember what they were? Yes, I knew that okay, at one like time. Matt, Matthew, Belshazzar. Yeah. Belshazzar. Not, not Matthew. Matthew. Mateo, Mateo, Matthias. There was a kid at the speech competition yesterday named Matthias. I was like, how do you spell that? And he was probably like, aren't you a preacher? Wasn't he a disciple? (laughs) But you never heard anything. You never heard anything about Matthias after, um, you never heard anything about Matthias after, after he was chosen. Yeah. After they cast lots for, for Maybe his... Maybe he wrote Hebrews. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know who wrote Hebrews. I like, I'd like to say Apollos wrote it, but I don't know. I know that would mess up with the apostolic 
you know, did, did the, the apostles. I guess you could say he was closely associated with Paul. So the this, the talk about um, that's all confusing. Talking about how, how, what, uh, that the Bible was written by apostles is where I was going with that. And Apollos mm-hmm. is not an apostle. Maybe he was. Maybe Apollos was an apostle. Am I am I being thoroughly confusing now? That is literally Blowing. the most confusing That's thing the, I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is he talking about? I do that a lot, though, right? Like, I start stories right in the middle of them, and you're like, I have no idea. I have no frame mm-hmm. of reference for what you're talking about. Yes, but I'm either. but I'm talking, and I'm also typing, trying to figure out names. This is what it's like to talk on the phone with you because you're never fully the, focusing on what I'm saying on the phone. A lot of my friends are like that. I'm, yeah, you're I'm, typing. You're reading. Okay, listen. So the talk about the pet names reminded me of the most amazing thing that I saw this week that I have to tell everybody about. Okay. This video was taken last year, or I guess it was in 2015. But anyway, I just saw it this week. And it was a video of a woman who birthed a 10-pound baby in the car. Why are we talking about this? She because made me watch it. It is hilarious. Okay, so oh. this happened in Texas. This this it gro- woman. It was grody to the max. It wasn't grody. It was, it was cool. Okay, listen. But there, it was so hilarious because it was this really young couple. The girl was only twenty two, and the and the dad was twenty four. So they're driving to the hospital, but it's a long drive. This is her fourth baby at twenty two. Yeah, mm. and um, the baby is just coming really fast okay and so they're driving and she is starting to really worry that she's going to birth this baby in the car they have a gopro going <laughs> to record the whole thing see and that's what seemed fishy about it to me why would you have a gopro on well the art- in that moment listen the article said that when she started to feel like she was possibly going to birth the baby in the car she had him turn it on so that they would get a recording of the birth okay so anyway so, but the hilarious part of it was that they called each other babe. And so the whole time through the birth, you know, so it's like. There's a real babe coming and they're calling each other babe. She is like sitting in the car seat and she's going, the water just broke. The water just broke, babe. The water just broke. And then she's like, the baby is out of me, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, it's so crazy. Like, that use his real name. That they're taking the time to tag babe at the end of every sentence, <laughs> even while this is happening. I think some couples, though, they just say that babe, babe, babe. They say it other. so much. They yeah, they just don't even think it. about it. Yeah. So. Well, we have friends, Andy and Ashley, who the way they hang up the phone is uh-huh. they hang up the phone like this. Okay, love you, bye. Like, that's how they hang up every single time. Okay, love you, bye. He hangs up with me like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've got friends I do to say, every time I talk to them on the phone, I say, I love you. Or maybe not every time, but most of the time. If we if we say, I love you. I love you too. That's so sweet. Well, I don't say babe though, but yeah. I don't even say that to you on the phone. <laughs> the baby is out of me, babe. 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 Oh my gosh, you've got to go find that video. Don't just, watch it. Just Google... Woman births 10-pound baby in the car. It will come right up. It'll come right it up is, and gross you out. You, you've never seen anything like it. I have made a lot of people watch it. I, yeah. I just adore that video. What a ministry. <laughs> <laughs> so the names of the wise men. Gaspar, Balthazar, and Melchior. Yes. Yeah. You, know how, you know why I... The claymation. Used to know those names. The claymation. Yeah, because of that children's I am Gaspar. I am Balthazar. I bring frankincense. I am Melchior. I bring myrrh. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But I really had to find that out or it was going to bother me. I know. Okay, so I went back to the speech. My, I would hope I would want to be called Barnabas. This is exactly why Chad, you know, I was so happy when he got rid of his smartphone. Now he has one again because he cannot rest. He yeah. cannot concentrate. He cannot focus until he has the answer to whatever question, yeah. whatever question is in his That's mind. That's why I got rid of the smartphone the first time as I, I was thinking I was sitting at Chili's with the family and I was studying the Boer War in, from, in South Africa. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Yeah. There's no reason to be reading about Dutch colonists fighting the British. Yeah. So 
I got to cut this off. Well, the moment when I knew you had a problem was when you could not not Google what's the oldest living tree in America. <laughs> what is it? I don't remember. And I was just, I just thought this man has problems. <laughs> oh, yes. I have problems. Now the phone is back in our lives. Yeah. But I've tried try to have a little more self-control. You know, that that's a, it's an interesting thing, though. So I've always been, I've always liked to have the facts. You know? Just the facts, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I like, when I'm playing a board game, I want to have the box lid with me. That's not because you want the facts. That's because you're a Pharisee. I want the rules. <laughs> well, the facts, you know, the way it is. I know. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So... But anyway, the speaking competition, as I've been trying to meander our way back there. Why, why are we going back there? I would want to be called, did I say Barnabas? That's what I want to be, Barnabas. Barnabas. The son of encouragement. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, either that or Zaphnapanea, um, which was Joseph's court name right. in Pharaoh's court. So um, what would you guess is my favorite thing about FFA? Um. The thing I love the most when I see all those kids. What do I, what's my favorite thing about FFA? Their jackets. Yes. Yes. Is that your favorite thing? I love their I jackets. I love those blue jackets, man. <laughs> it's like blue corduroy with a golden seal on the back. They're really sharp looking. They look great. And, they, and the way that they all stand there in those jackets with the ties on, they just look like the best thing America's ever produced. That's mm. what I think when I see those FFA kids. And and I I love watching the highlight reel of the national convention and the way that they speak and it's so awesome. You ever seen you ever seen it? Huh. Yeah. Hailing from the great state of Texas, Madam President, it is my privilege to open up the 400th uh, annual meeting of the. Uh, it hasn't been around 400 years. Like the 89th annual meeting. <laughs> <laughs> It's the, future it's, farmers of America. It's older, it's older than America. It was like it was, they had to change the name. It was like future farmers of the Iroquois Nation. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> We've been putting fish down with the seed for years. <laughs> yeah, so, four um. hundredth <laughs> meeting. Four hundredth annual meeting. <laughs> that was I was saying it from the future. Because <laughs> and they'll still be wearing the blue jackets. <laughs> no, the blue jackets. I I looked it up, of course, because I wanted to know how long have they been wearing blue jackets. What would you guess? Four hundred years. You're right. <laughs> they were for that was like really just three hundred, but that's amazing, right? That they were wearing them. 300. I would guess that they started wearing them in the fifties. 1933. Oh, yeah. 33. So when they all showed up for the annual meeting in, uh, I guess, 32 or 31, I'll have to get my facts straight on that. Somebody can look me up. Uh, fact check. Um, there was a group from Ohio, one of the schools in Ohio, one of the chapters in Ohio. What's <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> <It's> so funny? <laughs> Are you laughing? <laughs> thinking about you know how you have just really educated yourself about the history yeah. of the blue jackets go <laughs> ahead jackets. so <laughs> when those kids so the the chapter from ohio showed up <laughs> and everyone had a fit over their blue corduroy jackets they even got a picture taken with the seals on the back and they're all turning around looking the other way or looking at the camera with their back facing the so camera so some precious ffa mama Outfitted them all in blue Outfitted corduroy jackets. Outfitted them in the jackets. Or something. I mean, maybe they got them from a sponsor. You don't. We don't really know. It could have been a dad. It was a mom. Okay. Trust me. I don't know how to look that up. I don't know who. We don't need to look. Who it up. had the prototype? You see, I but know. now that's not a fact. You're putting it out there like there was a mom, and now someone's about. You know, their kid's going to get an FFA, and they're like, you know, a mom made those jackets up. No, they won't say that because nobody thinks about these things okay. but you. All right. Okay, go ahead. So then, so everyone had such a fit over the jackets that by 1933, they were all wearing them. And they've been wearing them ever since. Love and, it. And Brandon Williamson, our FFA sponsor, one of our ag teachers, uh, one of the sponsors, there are two, uh, he said that every year or some years, maybe not every year, there's a motion made to do away with the blue jackets and it loses every time. 
Why would they make that motion? It's the dumbest motion ever. Because, you know, it's not relevant. I mean, these blue corduroy jackets are totally not relevant, man. They're not speaking to the culture. (laughs) (laughs) See, who else do you know that could mock church planners that are hipsters by talking about FFA jackets? That's a gift. Yeah, we just really need to find new ways to engage our culture. These uh, blue, these corduroy jackets. I mean, they're just like they're just old fashioned. I mean, uh, you know, people see those and it's immediate turn off. Well, see, I don't, I don't believe that. I like the jackets. I, I wish I was an FFA right now so I could get a blue jacket. <clears throat> Other funny thing about the jackets is I don't know how you get one because not all the kids there had their own jackets. So one would come in for the speaking. Tournament, and she would walk in the room with her blue jacket on, and it would have like some other dude's name on it. I'm like, well, who who's that guy? I I don't know. So they must just have a closet with a bunch of extras. Hmm. You know, and some will have the name, some don't. Interesting. They say what chapter they're from. Yeah, it's it is interesting. Some of our kids were wearing borrowed jackets, just generics, no embroidery. Hmm. But yeah. blanks. Yeah, they yeah, had just the blank jackets. Maybe they can earn it. <clears throat> <clears throat> but I was terribly proud of Carson. He truly did extemporaneous speaking. It was fantastic and uh, represented our town well. So congratulations to Carson Little. Way to go. Yeah. And it was unanimous that he was the winner. That's awesome. It wasn't just me, you know, being a judge. I wasn't hometowning <laughs> him, you know. But it was good. So we got a few minutes left. We We thought we would talk about something substantial. On the heels of Easter. Yeah, well, I just thought, you know, Easter is always kind of an interesting day in church because you have people come on Easter who you don't normally see there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people who aren't regular church attenders feel like they should be there on Easter, you know, and so they come and we're so happy to have them. But I, I wish that I could properly communicate to people how much that they need are you being a judge are you being a judger you sound like a super judger to me when you say that haven't we already established on this podcast that i am you are a super judger judger. you're a super judger (laughs) you're being a super judger why would you tell people they need to be in church every week (laughs) that's like so fanatic overboard hello (laughs) that is like not speaking to me I'm not okay with that. So I, it made me think about it a lot today because Chad dug out an old church directory from 1999, which is the year we were married. And we've been partying like it's 1999 ever, ever since. Ever since that day. And we, for whatever reason, this for this church directory, we we seriously sat down and discussed it mm, when we were we were trying we to decide wear? what we were going to wear. What are we going to wear? Hey. What if we dress like it's 1975 and it'll be hilarious. It'll look like a directory picture from the 70s. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would have made it look more like a directory picture from the 70s, if there had been the Olin Mills library backdrop yes. instead of the blue one. That's the only thing. Yeah. Maybe we can Photoshop that in somehow. So we showed up to the church directory, which if you're not familiar with church directories, so how it works is... <laughs> if you're not familiar with church directories, you're not listening. There's the, Right? <laughs> Would anyone listen to our podcast that hasn't been in like five of them? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay, maybe they have. Not everybody. Go ahead. Go ahead okay. and explain it. All right. So the church directory is, you know, like a a. It's like a yearbook for your church. Photo company, you know, Olin Mills used to be the big one. Would yeah. come and take everybody's family portrait. It's and a then, racket. It's a racket. And then they try to get you to buy pictures, but anyway, basically a picture that they take goes in this book that's full full of everyone's pictures and then you have a directory where you can see who everybody is in your church. Okay, so we showed up to get our church directory picture taken. Chad was wearing a double knit shirt with a huge butterfly collar over <laughs> a, a leather, leather jacket. jacket with a huge butterfly collar. And I was wearing Sweet. a beautiful 1970s suit that had um 
a an underdress with a mock turtleneck. It was brown with a jacket that came over it that was lighter brown with daisies on it with a gigantic butterfly collar. And that was what we posed in for our church directory. That was awesome. And I must say that it has held up over time. Yeah. It is so, fantastic. So you can post that, right? <clears throat> yes. I took a picture. It's on my Facebook. I took a picture of it. I will I will post that for yeah. y'all too. It was a really it was a fun idea. So we we thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And then we, somebody was texting you about it or something yesterday and asking about it. Like was that the year y'all did this or something? It made me think of it. We were talking about it the other day. Oh, because uh, some Amy friends of asked. ours from Nashville yeah. had um, said they were looking through some church directories. So I asked if they saw that one, and they oh, did. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I had that in my office. I took a picture of it. And anyway, that... it, it made me think about those days mm-hmm. and how important that church was to us. I mean, it was really a formative time in our lives and in our marriage. Oh, yeah. So we were we were newly wed living in nashville tennessee or neither one of us were from there we're from texas we found ourselves living up in nashville tennessee and we needed a place to live so i went to my landlord and said i need a house to live in and this guy had a property management company and just through some different questions and situations um there was this big old house on 46th Avenue. Was that what it was? 42nd? 134, 46th 134, Avenue 46th North. 134, 46th Avenue North. It's not there anymore. The house has been torn down. But uh, he said, yeah, if, you, uh, if you'll clean that. We worked a deal out with the, land, with the owner of the property. He's like, if I cleaned the house out, he had literally, I think I'm using this word correctly here. He had literally walked his mother out of the house, put her in a car, and drove her to a nursing home. Is that proper? Good job. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, let the house had sat for years with just all the stuff in it, including stuff in the refrigerator. It was full of food. Yeah. Five years. Ooh. Turned off. Ew. I cleaned that sucker out. Clorox, Lysol, scrubbed it, plugged it back in, and it worked. And that was the refrigerator we used. Did you know that story? Yeah. Yeah. So I cleaned that, and we cleaned everything out. My friends, David and Andrea, helped me. We cleaned that house out, put a bunch of stuff in the garage. And uh, then uh, over the years, like, all of our friends wound up living in that house, which is kind of fun. <clears throat> but we cleaned that out. The re- rent was relatively cheap. It was like 500 a month mm-hmm. for this gigantic house, big basement for the band to practice in. Uh, scary place. Uh, it was really hot in there. Remember that, how hot it was? Oh, yeah. But as I'm cleaning this stuff out, I'm going through all this guy's life, right? I'm I'm getting, you know, going through his papers and his. He had a hobby of shortwave radio and all this stuff, and or ham radio. I don't really know the difference. Anyway, it becomes apparent to me this guy's a Christian. His name was Harold Slayton, and uh, he had this house. Then right next door, he had a supermarket, and he ran the supermarket and. Went to church down the about three or four blocks down at a church called Park Avenue Baptist Church, which was right there in the Sylvan Park area of Nashville where we were living. And so I'm cleaning this guy's stuff out and like saving. I mean, it was all just going to be thrown away. So I, I found a bunch of socks. Remember when I found the box of socks, oh, yeah. the gold toe socks, <clears throat> and I still wear them. Did Did you not wear a pair of those on Easter? I did. I wore some of Harold's socks this yeah. Easter. So all those years later. So and I saw his Sunday, he has Sunday school commentaries, his little commentary set. He had all these papers and Sunday school lessons that he had taught and sermons and things from the pastor. And uh, so I was, I was kind of intrigued by Mr. Slayton and I was intrigued by this church. So when we got married, you t- tell the story, it makes me sound so good when you tell it about going to church. We go to church. Oh, good gracious. I just love to hear this story. It makes me sound terrible. Mm -hmm. I love it that you love this story so much. I love it. (laughs) Melissa, why don't you just encourage all the the ladies with this story? (laughs) Why do you always turn into Swanee? (laughs) I was kind of trying to do more like a church lady, but it was turned into Swanee. (laughs) That's my Dennis Swanberg impersonation. So. Everybody loves it. 
the um you have to understand the kind of person that chad is first of all chad well don't don't tell the story make me sound bad i'm not okay go ahead go ahead chad is a morning person no and chad is a night owl he's both i don't know he is both i would would disagree a little with that he's not a two o'clock in the afternoon person i'm not a six in the morning person either i'm more like a seven in the morning person yeah I'm not a what? I'm not a two, <laughs> two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, I can't stay awake. <laughs> I've been known. I've been known to put my head down on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he just he just goes to sleep talking, and he wakes up talking. I mean, that's just how he is. And I remember the day after our wedding, he made me get up and go downstairs. To eat breakfast at the big table at the bed and breakfast we were staying at. Yeah, because the reason you go to a bed and breakfast is for the bed <laughs> and the breakfast. It's not called the bed and maybe the breakfast. It's bed and breakfast. And whoever had gifted, actually the Overbees had gifted us with that. And I was not going to let us waste Larry Overbees money. We were going to go down there and eat the baked grapefruit and the quiche. And we did. And we did. And we got a lifelong inside joke out of it. So there we were, the newlyweds. We come down, and she's like, I've, I've made this little table over here for just you two. But we were only like three feet away from the big table, so we could hear everything. It wasn't like we were isolated on our own little breakfast date. We could hear everything they were talking about. And it was like these middle-aged, b- boringest people in the world. <laughs> boringest. <clears throat> Is that a word, literally? Is that not literally a word? So they were the, they were literally just uh, made that just literally made up the boringest people in the world, but they were there. They are real, (laughs) y'all. And so they're sitting over at this table and one guy says to the other. talking about ffa jackets (laughs) so uh do you know the story behind eddie bauer (laughs) y'all know eddie bauer you know what that is it's like a it's like a a sporting goods it's like they make backpacks (laughs) like i mean i'll talk about ffa with melissa and and put it out there for anyone to listen to but i tell you when i'm at a bed and breakfast i'll be like you know so what do you do for a living or something i don't know what i would say but the guy turns to the other guy and asks him if he knows the story about Eddie Bauer. Do you remember what the story? Like he invented Gore-Tex. I don't know what the story was. Something about mountain climbing. Yes, I don't remember even what it was. But so now for twenty some odd years, we turn to one another, and uh, <laughs> if there's ever a lull in the conversation, <laughs> I just turn over to Bliss and say. Do you know the story behind Eddie Bauer? But it was like these guys. I mean, that's what they were. So, they, so these were like rich, rich guys with like the Eddie Bauer s- s- edition of the Suburban or whatever they had, right? These were like wealthy dudes eating at an expensive bed and breakfast, or staying there. And uh, and it was like we realized what we did not want to become, right? That was the that was like a big moment in our life. Okay, but... So I'm, aren't you glad that we went down there? Oh, this thing's going to try to end if we're not careful. <laughs> We're not letting you end yet. <laughs> I'm so, um, muted the end. This is this is going to be a mega, like look, James White the, does, a mega. Here's the ultimate question to ask ourselves. How do you know if you've turned into those people or not? I don't know. Somebody listening to my FFA spiel would probably say the guy's lost it. But but I I think we are... I don't think we're those people. Like, those people were... were they were surface... And I know you can't get that deep at a bed and breakfast table. You know what used to annoy me to no end? Is when there was that time in our lives when all people would talk about was like mortgage rates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we never won't worried about that, have we? <laughs> no. 
we've always figured out like how do you live in a place for free that's you know how when i go in best buy and my eyes just glaze over and yes. i want to lie down and take a nap that's, that's, that's how way. i feel when people mention yeah. mortgage rates oh you know more mortgage rates and okay we're totally off topic mortgage rates and picking out um like picking out fixtures. So let me get back to the uh, the original. So I was trying to prove a point that Chad is a morning person. And oh, you totally you're you're trying to avoid telling the story. Okay, so here's the actual story. Is is the first Sunday after we got to Nashville, <laughs> Chad <Bauer>. Chad <laughs> jumped out of bed on Sunday morning and he said, "Get ready, we're going to church." And I said, "Do we really have to go to church every Sunday?" And you said, yep. And you know what? Ever since that Sunday, we have. <laughs> <laughs> we even go to church on our vacations. Yeah, we go to church every Sunday. But I love going to church on vacation. It's so interesting. Yeah, vaca- yeah it's one of my favorite things. So anyway, we did. We went down there to Park Avenue, and it was just, it's hard to even explain how important it was. Yeah. Especially, yeah, it it really did set a tone of discipleship and commitment to yeah. pe- to others, an other centered type relationship. And you know, I'll say, uh, man, I've we've had so many friends whose marriages haven't made it, mm. <clears throat> and I think ours was, but would have made it because I've never ever experienced a love so true, or even read about it. Than, than, than our, it's, a, it's a love story for the ages, mostly. I agree. Yeah. But I think one of the reasons it's, it's been a love story for the ages, um, besides my good looks, has been that, <laughs> uh, no, we were commit. we were committed, you know, we've been, we, we haven't, well, I mean, we're plenty selfish, but we've always had that accountability of, of knowing, yes, whenever we start to really truly indulge ourselves and think in ways that are not the patterns of, of how God would have us to speak or think, we're, we're usually brought back out of that because we've, we're grounded in with God's people in, 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 in the church of Jesus Christ. Having, having <clears throat> the church, you know, I'm, I'm talking in broad terms, the church, we've been in several churches mm-hmm. and all of them have been so important to us and really important phases in our lives and people who are lifelong friends and who have really changed who we are just mm-hmm. just from knowing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't understand how people do this life, honestly, without a church. Yeah. It's and, so and, important. And without those cream of the crop people in the church, like Ron King. You yes. Know, you know, Sam and Terry Harris. And that, and that church in Nashville, um, we people just, I mean, we were kids who mm-hmm. had just gotten married you know 800 miles away from our families and we had people who just gathered us up in their arms like we were their family and yeah, crazy and took care of us and loved us and mentored yeah. us it was just yeah it really set the course for our whole life yeah it's, it's it was amazing and so everywhere we've been <clears throat> we've been in a great church we've been a great church um you know, even when we, were, when we were doing law school, we had that core of Christian friends and community in the church. It was a bigger church, and we were really around people more our age than we have been in other churches have been smaller. But it's always been important, and it's been, like Melissa says, life-shaping. Uh, and the key to it is to go. Yeah. I mean, you— To show up. It seems, you know, people get frustrated— with the church, and I would say your level of frustration with the church many times is just my opinion in talking with people who are frustrated, is that many times it, it, it directly correlates, not, not every time, but it generally correlates with your, your involvement. Um, <clears throat> if you're all in, you're going to find the other people really quick who are all in, and those would seem to be, to me, that group of disciples in the church that's what we call the remnant or whatever you might want to call them but those people who are the most committed to following jesus christ no matter what and that's the people that you throw in with that's the people that you want to be around and people say well i just don't feel like i'm part of the group i I feel like i'm being left out of things the reason you feel that way is you're not showing up you're not there all the time 
If you're there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday night, I guarantee you won't feel left out. You'll feel like one of the main people. And that's because there's no conspiracy against you at the church. It's just there's the people who are there, and then there are the people that just kind of float in and out. Right. You know, and I think, I think you got to say, <clears throat> what kind of disciple do you want to be? What kind of disciple, you know, I've asked a question in church before. If everybody in the church had your level of commitment, would the church be better or worse? Mm. You know, and I think that's a sobering question. I would take that as a challenge that, you know, are you, um, are you committed to the church? Are you, because uh, I guarantee you, you know, the uh you're never going to, re- you know, like I said, Sunday Sunday school. No one ever comes to the end of the life and says, well, I went to church too much. Mm-hmm. I really wish I'd gone to church less mm-hmm. and spent time doing it. Nobody says that. Now, maybe there's some things that your church does that is ridiculous that you could decide you don't want to do. But as far as actual, genuine, spiritual discipleship, growth, preaching, praying, worship, the actual work of the church, uh, sharing the gospel, no one ever on their deathbed wishes that they had done less. Right. Okay. Um now, of course, all things in balance, and we've got families and all these things. We, you know, I realize I'm speaking really broadly here. But I, 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 I would say, looking back over now that we've kind of got a track record, wouldn't you say? Now we've been married long enough to where I've got white hair coming out of my ears. It's weird <laughs> how much, like, the volume of it. <clears throat> I, was, I was like, gosh, what, what do I do? I have to buy one of those things, like the little... The little grinder that you put in your ears to get rid of, like a little razor that they used to, to put in their ear to get rid of the white hair. Have you seen those? They have them at Ross. You really don't have to share this. Well, if you've got any ear hair tips, I would like to hear them. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's hurt when you pull them out. Like your earlobe is, or whatever that is, that little other thing that comes <laughs> off on your ear. It's not really a lobe. It's like a protector to keep stuff from going down in your, your, your hole. You know what I'm talking about? That that one piece, that one right there? I think what, the, what what do you call that thing right there? I think there? the scientific term is ear protector. No, it's, is it truly that's what it is? <laughs> no. Can you I mean, can you imagine having that pierced? I guess people don't pierce that, mm. but whatever that is, it, it just plugs up the hole really easily. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, that thing right there is like it's like grows I mean, I could like make a ponytail off some of that. <clears throat> I'm serious. If I had a rubber band small enough, I could make a little white ear hair ponytail. Hey, um, but we've got a track record is what i'm trying to say we've been we've been at this for a while and there's really really as i've noticed there's two kinds of marriages there's the there's the uh us against the uh, uh us against the world marriages that decide okay we're going to if you can just picture a couple holding hands let's do this together show everybody even though they can't see so melissa and i are holding hands right now we we wouldn't really even have to be doing this, but we are. <laughs> We're true. So you like you're holding hands and you're face to face, and you're saying, "Hey, as long as we've got each other, we can just block out the rest of the world. We can just do our own thing. We're we're face to face, and and as long as we've just got each other, the world what what's going on in the world doesn't matter because we've got each other. And I, I've noticed those marriages don't make it. Yeah. The other kind of marriage I think that there is, and maybe somebody could work with this metaphor and make it more Christian, but we're going to hold hands, is, is whenever... It's this way. No, it's not. Like, it's when they're, when your couple's back-to-back. <coughs> when you're back-to-back and you've got your arms linked, you know, like, like this, and... Uh, <laughs> like you, this? Yeah, you can't see that. Uh, you know, you've got your arms... You know the old drill where the people sit back to back and they try to stand up together? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that's the the position you're in. You're back to back and you're saying, you know, we are we're we're facing outward, we're not just facing inward. We're not right. just being self self-centered on our own relationship. We're focusing outward to see what God has for us to do, but we're we're backing each other up. We've got each other's back. We're right. we're together in this to accomplish whatever the world's going to throw at us. Right. And then I think that couple that says we're gonna we're gonna make uh, serving the Lord a priority, and you know we we've not been perfect in our marriage at doing that. I think we're more spiritually in tune now than we've ever been before, but we we have never been spiritual giants. 
You know, I wouldn't say right. I wouldn't say that about us. We're not we're not extraordinary. We're pretty ordinary. We're like a ordinary people that have done some funny things. But when you say for the most part, we're scared of the same things everybody else is scared of. Yeah. We struggle with the same things everybody else struggles with. And the but the one constant is I guess ever since that first Sunday morning we got up and we went to church. I mean, we've only missed a handful of times probably in 20 years uh, for different things like babies being born or sickness or something like that. But, you know, it's been a priority to really invest in the local body of believers, whatever whatever it is. So we've been, you know, the First Baptist Church of Lubbock or Park Avenue Baptist Church or First Baptist Church Eastland, and then we've been on staff at two churches. But we were, we were invested and plugged in even when we weren't paid. And I think that's a great thing to know, that we don't do this just because it's a job. Right. I think that because we invested and because we did that, it became a job, right. you know, more or less. But <clears throat> it doesn't always work that way. So you just get plugged in, invested, don't think it's going to be a career path or anything. I didn't. And yet that commitment and I would say in many ways the church's commitment to us has been what sustained us. Is that... And people downplay it these days, you know, like, oh, you don't have to be, a, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, yes, you do. That's what Christians do. Now, going to church doesn't make you a Christian, but you, but Christians want to go to church. You want to be with God's people. Right. They're the only other people that can understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're more comfortable with the world than you are with Christ's people, maybe you're not one of Christ's people. Hmm. That's good. I'm going to write that down. You got a, you got a, you got a pen? <laughs> got a big wooden pencil we had a, we had a, we had a disaster today uh i was uh, uh, trying to comfort a woman who was grieving on the telephone and uh sawyer comes into the where i'm talking in the living room and he's bleeding <clears throat> because emerald our four-year-old he's nine emerald the four-year-old had taken like a big like a pencil you get at the alamo that's it's got like looks like it has bark it's like a tree branch oh yeah she took that big pencil and she just flung it at his head and just busted it wide open. <laughs> he had a big bump and he was bleeding everywhere. Um, you can't just fling things at people's head. I said, you know, you just can't throw a pencil at a person's head. You yeah. know, but if we could, that would make life so much easier. <laughs> Ooh, it's almost been an hour. Okay, we better wrap it up. <clears throat> but anyway, I just I think it's good that on the heels of Easter. You know, my my statement i made easter sunday as i said this is amazing to see all these people here thank you for god's doing something here at this church you know we're going to have church 52 times in a row again until easter comes around again yeah and we'll do it every week and uh, i I wish the people come back i know they won't but I i would just say to you if you were at church on easter and you hadn't been there in a while keep it going yeah, just go back the next week. I mean, you've already broken the ice. Just you started, go. You started the pattern. Go. Yeah. Just keep going. <clears throat> they say it takes 30 days to get into a new habit. So would that mean it takes 30 Sundays to get into a habit? I don't know. But if you just make it a priority, this has been the thing that's frustrated me the most, is that, you know, th- there's two kind of people that go to church. There's the kind of people that go when they can, and there's the kind of people that just go all the time. That just go. You know, even whenever... You know, when we, it used to be holidays or things like that, and people were spending the night and 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 hanging, you know, hanging around. And we would say, "Well, we have to go because we have church tomorrow," and because church took precedent over family gatherings, church takes precedent over everything. So we've got to go. You know, we've got responsibilities back at church. We've got to be there, and you know, be that kind of person at the church. <clears throat> uh, if it goes over an hour, it's no big deal. I really want it to end before an hour. Well, I'm going to see if I can make that not happen. Have you heard the story of Eddie Bauer? (laughs) I want to tell it. I got 30 seconds. So be the kind of church member who um, is committed and who is there, not just one that will be there unless, you know, something else, anything else comes up. So that's my final advice go back next week that'll preach that'll preach y'all well thanks for joining us for this episode of your mom has a blog podcast would you stop it 
And what, what, what did I say okay, wrong? Okay, it's over an hour now. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I won that one. <laughs> I have right. no trouble going over an hour. Ask the people at my church. Okay. So, we'll see you later. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. We'll see you later.